Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. That's pretty good. So excited to be with you here this morning. Now, I, I couldn't, like, I get in trouble for this every time. Every Easter and Christmas, I get in trouble for this one statement. But let me just say, just because, we're open between Christmas and Easter, too. You're more than welcome to come out the days between the Sundays between Christmas and Easter. There, I got it out of the way. That's my joke. No one's laughing about. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to be with you guys this morning and, and uh, the message I believe God has, has given me for this this morning. And, and I want us to consider some things this morning. And our scripture today is out of 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. So join me as I read this this morning. It says this. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture, and that he appeared to Caiaphas, then to the twelve, then appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to the ultimately born, he appeared also to me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these men and women and, um, Lord, uh, the worship this morning. And, God, I just invite you into this place. God, that you'd speak to us. Lord, all the stuff that we brought in, all the things that, that hold us down, all the things that are weighing us down, all the worries and the difficulties, God, that we would just put them aside for a little while this morning. And that you, Jesus, would be glorified in this place. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Paul says in this scripture, he says of first importance. He says the, the primary, primus, that what is most important is this gospel that he's preaching. And the gospel is simply this. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's why we celebrate Easter Sunday. And he says, this, among all things, is of first importance. And, and, and that's what we hold on to as Christian believers. But, but he says some other things. In other words, what Paul is saying in general, he's saying Happy Easter. But there's a couple other things that he throws in there for us. He's celebrating the gospel, but he says, I'm not the only one who has seen this risen Christ. Paul says that, that, that many have seen this risen Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 15, as we just read, he says, And he appeared Jesus, who had been crucified, was buried, and rose again. It says that he appeared to Caiaphas, then the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of all who were still alive. In other words, Jesus went into the grave and came out because he knew that if he didn't and wasn't seen by others, that the Jews would say, hey, this Jesus never really resurrected. It was just a myth. It was just something in your head. But he showed himself over and over again. My, my question for us this morning, my question to you at Easter is this. Have you seen Jesus? And then I want to ask you, what does he look like? What 
does he look like in your life? What does he look like to you, this Jesus? And I, I want to look at that a little bit this morning. Does he look like this, this you know, that, that lamb holding emasculated Jesus? You know the one in the pictures? There you go, if that's Jesus, I don't really want to be like that. That was kind of funny. Come on. You can laugh even though it's Easter. And that, that, you know. Or is, is maybe Jesus is just a familiar cuss word to you? Is he the cartoon character that you learned about in Sunday school? Is that who Jesus is? Or, or have you built your own Jesus? You, you know what I'm talking about? I, I like to build your own I like to build your own hamburger place, you know? And you, you get what you want, not what they want to give you. And, and many times we've done that about Jesus. You get what you want instead of what Jesus says about himself. You know, uh, the first thing I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose the don't care about what you do, Jesus. And I'm going to throw a little topping on there that says, make me happy, Jesus. Make me rich, Jesus. Make me healthy, Jesus. And the Lord knows, make me skinny, Jesus. And then you got to top it off with a little, there's no hell, Jesus. There's no guilt, Jesus. There's no accountability, Jesus. Here's the problem with that when you build your own Jesus. You know who he looks like? He looks just like you and me. He looks just, you're looking in the mirror building your own Jesus. This Easter morning, he is risen. Oh, come on, that's a cure at a good, a good Lutheran church, which we're not. He is risen. Sorry, just, I did that as a kid growing up, and I thought someday when I preached, they'd do it when I preach, and apparently not, okay? I'll go back to the Lutheran church, and, you know, <laughs> this Easter morning in 2023, you know what I'm asking? That you'd consider the fruit of the life of Jesus. That you would consider the Jesus that I, that I know from this Bible. That you would consider Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He makes this exclusive claim. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says this of himself. And then we look in these scriptures and then he unpacks who he is and shows himself as a risen Christ. I want to be really clear. Here's what I'm not asking you to consider today. I'm not asking you to consider this church, coming to this church. God knows there are much better churches out there. That's not what I'm asking this morning. If you want to come, great. Love to have you. Not trying to run you off, but I, I, that's not what this is about today. I'm not asking you to consider me because Lord knows I will let you down, that I will do something stupid. Why are you shaking your head yes? And my kids at the same time. It's weird. My kids and my wife at the same time are going, yes. It's, I don't know if you guys planned that or it just it's a reactionary to a dad who misses it. I, I want to be very clear. I'm not asking you to consider religion. See, because you know what religion is? Religion is these weights and this, this condemnation and this just this crap. I said that on Easter Sunday. Religion binds you and, and, and pulls you down. I'm not asking you to consider that. I'm not asking you to consider the, the life of a Christian. 
You know that Christian, out of touch, self-righteous, narrow-minded, judgmental? That's not what I'm asking you to consider this morning. I'm asking you to consider Jesus. The Jesus that I know from this word. The Jesus that saved my life. The Jesus that, that is strong and meek and compassionate. Jesus that loved me so much, he gave his life for me. That's what I'm asking you to consider this morning. Let's start with the fruit of Jesus' ministry. That you would consider the fruit of Jesus' ministry. Mark 2, 16 through 17 says this. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors. Now, the teachers of the law were the religious people. They were the pastors of the day. They were the important people. And when they, when they saw Jesus eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy you need, doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Very clearly, Mark sets the stage, and, 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 and this, this picture is so important. And what he's saying is this. Jesus didn't come for all those who have it all together. Now, let me just tell you something. If my phone was here, it's in my bag. These people don't have it all together. It's a lie. You, you know what I'm saying when I say these people? When you look through that phone and, oh, man, they got it all together. Oh, man, their family's got it together. Oh, man, look at his wife and look at his, his, her husband and look at their kids. They actually obey. It's, it's not true. <laughs> Jesus didn't come for those who have it all together. Jesus came for the religiously rejected, those who said, you're not good enough. Jesus came for those who are despised. Jesus came for the outcast. He came for the sick. He came for the lost. He came for those that no one else wanted. Jesus came for the sinners. He came for me. He came for you. Who did Jesus come for and what did he do? He, he, he came for the sinners. We established that. But, but what did he do? When we consider the ministry of Jesus, when we read the word of God and, and, and we experience who he is and, and we look at what Jesus did, we have to consider the miracles that Jesus performed because it's applicable to your life and applicable to mine. In Mark 1, he heals the leper. And I know there are people in here today that need a healing. They need a spiritual healing. Maybe they need a physical healing. But God is the healer. In Luke 7, he raised the widow's son from the dead. And there are people in here this morning that need their souls raised, that have died inside, that are struggling inside. And God says, I want to raise you, and I want to give you life. In that 8, he shuts down the storms. He shuts down the storms. And I know that I know there are storms going on in different people's lives this morning. And Jesus speaks to the storm, and the storm is calmed. And I need storms calmed in my life. And that's the miraculous that Jesus does. In Matthew 8, he casts out the demons. And I know that I know in this society and somewhere in this room today that someone's dealing with the demonic oppression, that's dealing with depression, that's dealing with whatever it is, addiction, that's dealing with whatever it falls in. And I'm here to tell you this, that Jesus delivers. 
in the scripture, we see in Mark 8 that Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. For some of us in here, we just need to pray that God give me eyes to see. We struggle with this, this word. We struggle with this Jesus mainly because of the humans that are attached to this word. And, and, and we go, I don't know if I want to be a part of that, that Jesus thing. And, and, and we need to have Jesus open our eyes in the prayer this morning. Is God, give me new eyes to see as the scripture says what it says about you and not what these dumb Christians say. Another kind of funny joke right there, but feel free to laugh. I learned, uh, well, I have to say early on in marriage, but that's not true. In marriage and family and life, that if you're not laughing, you're crying, and we just don't want to cry anymore. So we laugh a lot. <laughs> that's why I preface it by saying not when I first married you, and I moved it up a little bit. Okay. Come on, stay with me, people. I know it's, I know it's Easter and early, but come on. Stay. Doesn't she look nice and white? I mean, I can't do that and too late? Okay. Jesus raised me from the dead, please. <laughs> In Matthew 14, Jesus feeds thousands. And some of us are hungry this morning. And we want life. We want hope. And this Jesus from my word, this Jesus that, that is spoken about in scriptures, feeds our soul in the darkest areas and brings life. When we consider this Jesus, we have to look at the miracles that he performed. And many of us here today are a result of the miracle. I am a result of the miracle of Jesus. Some 54, 5, 6, 6 years, 7 years ago, Dad, I don't know what it is. But long time ago, my mother had this encounter with Jesus. She didn't grow up in a great family. She had a really difficult childhood and at like 16 or 17 she she encounters this Jesus miraculously and changes her life today and and because of that miraculous encounter that my mom had I'm here today doing what I'm doing so many of you have had these miraculous encounters that I look in the crowd I go miraculous encounter miraculous encounter with Jesus and his ministry and it changed you changed you forever gave you hope Gave you peace, brought comfort. Consider the fruit of Jesus' ministry. Don't consider Christians. Consider Jesus. Number two is consider the fruit of the resurrection of Jesus. We're here today celebrating on Easter Sunday because it's Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. bad. It wasn't a Luther, he, Lutheran he has risen indeed, but we'll take it as an evangelical church in a, in a warehouse that used to be a gym, okay? <laughs> I guess that's the key. If we had the big organs and the big you know, cathedral, maybe you guys would be like, he is risen indeed, but not, okay. Consider the fruit of the resurrection of Jesus. Acts 3, 15 says this, you killed the offer of life. When I, oh, stop right there. That's pretty in your, you Killed the author of life. In other words, what he's saying is this. If you were there at that time, you would have done the same thing. But apart from the grace of God, you would have been casting those stones. You would have been the one on the whip. You would have been the one crucifying Jesus. I would have been the one 
placing the crown of thorns on Jesus' head. It says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Consider the fruit of the resurrection. Here is, is Jesus, and I'll give a, a brief you know, overview of, of miraculously conceived by the Virgin Mary. Miracle, Jesus conceived by the Virgin Mary. Born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life. Some 33 years, Jesus walks this earth completely perfect, without sin, didn't inherit sin nature, walked in perfection. Very critical that that, that is established in this word and that is true because he was a perfect sacrifice on the cross. And if he had sinned at any point in his life, he would not be the perfect sacrifice. Therefore, this whole thing would be a sham. But he walked perfect in his life. And then at 33, he was beaten. He was beaten, a crown of thorn placed on his head. He was, he was mocked by the created. As they walked by the cross, they mocked the creator of heaven and earth. And, and this Jesus that, that I've encountered in the scripture, this miraculous Jesus, uh, as they're mocking him, you know what he says? He says, God, forgive him. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This Jesus in scripture, as they're throwing insult after insult, having just been beaten, said, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And with his last breath, he says this, it is finished. And he gave himself up to the Father. Jesus died alone on a cross for you and me. And the Bible recounts that, that, that when he said this, that, that the darkness fell all over the land and the soldiers that had crucified him uh, just had this terror and this fear and, and realized as the ground shook, as darkness came, and this Jesus that they had just crucified was truly the Son of God. And they saw it. And then it says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 4. On the third day, and he was raised on the third day in accordance with scripture. Crucified, buried, and on the third day he rose again. Hope, hope, life, the resurrection. What kind of love is this? What, what kind of love? Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for. Well, I, I can't even get wrap my mind around the, the power of this love that Jesus showed for you and I. The power of this love that, 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 that you live this perfect life and then you go to the cross because I am an idiot, because I am a sinner. Jesus is at the cross because you guys are sinners, because I am a sinner. And he says this, the great exchange in life. I'm going to give my life for your life. I don't know if any of you are gamblers here. I don't know if you like to play cards, go to Vegas, whatever it is. But let me tell you, this is the best deal going. My life for his. My life for his. Here's the lie. The lie is this. Oh, well, if, if you become one of those Jesus people... It'd just be a soft, wimpy, just look at Eddie. <laughs> We're working on it. 
Heidi, I promise. <laughs> we talked about it last week. That one of the adjectives that, that, that describes Jesus is adjective, right, Chris? Thank you. Okay. One of the adjectives that describes Jesus is meekness. And, and, and meekness is it, it perceived in our, our world as, as weak and kind of soft. And, and the reality is what meekness truly means is this, strength under control. That this Jesus in this Bible had this great strength under great control. That if we, we have men in this country that would have great strength under control. If we had women in this country that would walk in great strength under control, what would it look like? Jesus was that. So much so that he said, I'm giving my life for yours. The great exchange. Why does Easter matter? Jesus. Chocolate bunnies, great. Big family dinner, going to have one. Why does it matter? Jesus. Jesus. Consider the resurrection. Peter walked with Jesus three years, denies Jesus three times. Nope, don't know him. Nope, don't know him. Don't. Can you met your best one of your best friends? Denies him three times. And then literally days later, he preaches one of the greatest messages in all of Scripture. Out of Acts 2:36, we see he says this: Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Wait, wait, wait a second. Peter, who had just denied Christ, now flips it and goes, look, this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Savior. What happened? He encountered the resurrected Christ. He encountered the resurrected Christ. Acts 3, 15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Did you know, did you know 10 of the 12 disciples were martyred in their death, hung upside down on Christ, crosses, pierced through the chest, died un ungodly deaths. But here's what, what, what we know, is that no one goes and is, is sacrificed for a myth. No one's going to give their life for just a story. No one's going to give their life for something that was made up. But these men encountered the resurrected Jesus, therefore they were willing to die for the resurrected Jesus. Consider the fruit of the resurrection of Jesus and Thomas. Thomas is a lot like me, a lot like many of you. He doubted that Jesus was who he said he was. In fact, he said, I need to see your feet. I need to see your hands. I need to have something to touch to, to, to know that you are real. And he encountered the risen Christ. And, and, and not only does he encounter the risen Christ, he takes the gospel. He takes this word. And he's the first missionary to India. And, 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 and as he's in India preaching the gospel, they say, you must deny Jesus. And if you don't deny Jesus, we will kill you. And he says, I refuse to deny Jesus. And they drove a stake right through him. Doubting Thomas. Why would these men give their lives? Because they encountered a resurrected Jesus. My prayer this week is that I would continue to encounter this resurrected Jesus. My, my, my prayer for us this morning for the church in Orange County, is that, that you would encounter the resurrected Jesus. 
my, my prayer for my daughter and son-in-law and grandbabies that they would encounter the resurrected Jesus for my boys and my daughter that they would encounter for, for my friends, for my family, that you would encounter the resurrected Jesus because in him is hope. This Easter, I want you to encounter the resurrected Jesus. The same Jesus that miraculously showed himself to me. The same Jesus that showed himself to my mother 58 years ago. Number three, that we would consider the fruit of eternal message of Jesus. That we would consider the fruit of the eternal message of Jesus. Romans 3.22 says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who we are, I love the scripture, no matter who we are, for everyone. He says, how, do we, how are we made right before God? Putting our faith in Jesus. We've got to put our faith in Jesus, that he is the creator of heaven and earth, that he's omniscient, all-knowing, that he's omnipotent, all no, omniscient, all-knowing. Yes, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, that he's everywhere, that he is other than that he is God. And that if he is God, and he created as he says he did in this word, and that you are created beings, that he might know a little more than I do. my faith in him. Here's what Romans doesn't say. It doesn't say it's about being good enough. Because Lord knows that I look in this crowd, you are not good enough. Laugh line. You know what I need? I need to hire people behind me with the cue cards. Laugh. That would solve everything, wouldn't it? Because in my mind, I'm funny. Maybe that's where it stops, right there. Romans doesn't say anything about being good enough. Romans doesn't say anything about you got to be at church twice a month. Some of you get that. Romans says nothing about you got to give. You got to give a tithe every week. Although I do believe you should go to church. And I do believe you should tithe. But it doesn't say this is how you're qualified. It says nothing about being bad. And thank the Lord it says nothing about being cussing or about cussing is to getting you to heaven. Some of you are feeling really good right now. It says that when we put our trust in Jesus, we enjoy the fruit of an empty tomb. What's interesting here is that it doesn't say when you put your trust in Jesus, everything will be good. Meaning you'll have the right car meaning you, you, you'll have the right house, meaning you, you, you'll have the perfect job, you'll have the right spouse. It, it doesn't say anything like that. It says, look, when you put your trust in Jesus, you'll enjoy the fruit of an empty tomb. And the fruit of the empty tomb and knowing who Jesus is is this, that I have comfort in the midst of my storms, that I have peace in the midst of chaos, that I have belief in the midst of a, 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 a world that is unbelieving. That I have a hope in a culture that is hopeless. That I have restoration where I've broken down. 
That, that's what he's talking about right there. The Bible says we are made right by placing our trust in the person of Jesus. Romans 10.9 says it this way. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We celebrate on Easter Sunday because of Christ's Christ's resurrection. Christ's resurrection we celebrate because when I put my faith in him, I put my faith in and, and I state that Jesus is in control of my life and he was raised from the dead and he paid the price for my sins so that I don't have to. The great exchange... My life for his. Look, justice, in order for God to be a just God, as it says he is in Psalm 103, there has to be justice. And in in order for there to be justice, someone has to deal with your sin and mine. Otherwise, it wouldn't be just. All those things that nobody sees, nobody knows about, no one talks about, those things that you hope no one finds out about, God sees and justly judges. Or Jesus Pays the price that I might have life. That I might have life. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It it, it doesn't matter who you are, how bad you've been, how many times you've messed up, how many times you've sinned. That's not what he's talking about. He says, all those things... He said, my blood is sufficient. That's the good news of the resurrection. You're not made right by God by being good enough. You can never be good enough. You know what, gosh, the number one thing that differentiates Christianity from every other religion, every single one is this point here, that every other religion believes that you can work your way to heaven, that if you're good enough, you pray enough, you go to church enough, you give enough, you do this enough, you do that enough, you do all these things, you can make your way to God. And God goes, no, 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 there's nothing that you can do to make your way to me. It's only because of Jesus and the blood of Jesus that you have have any chance of being in my presence. See, it takes the power out of your hands. We think we're great people. Hello. Okay. Look at that. They're trying to get those eggs up there. There must be good money in those. Serious. Who put those? Eddie, did you put those up there? I don't know. I had a really good point going. It was like the climax of what, of what Easter. And there's Easter eggs there throwing me right off. Um, can, can you maybe, thank you, maybe rough, a, rough them up a little bit, Eddie, so they just, you know. If you're not laughing, you're crying, baby. Well, let's laugh. There's nothing I can do. I don't want to stand in judgment of my life. I want the blood of Jesus. You were made right through the cross. On Friday, we had a Good Friday service, and we talked about the cross. And and, and, and in this picture of the cross, Jesus has a crown of thorn, and he's beaten, and and his hands are nailed into the cross, and his feet nailed in the cross. And and we talked and gave a picture of the pain and, and what it must have been like. And Thomas Hendrickson said this, was there ever anything more beautiful than that cross? Which makes no sense. 
if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus in my life and yours. Why? Because Jesus was perfect and paid the price for your sin and mine. The substitution for my life. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. Luke 10, 19, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. He didn't come to do religion. Religion is about how you perform. Got to be better, got to be better, got to be better. Relationship in Jesus is about how Jesus performed on the cross. Religion says you have to work harder. Be better, be better, be better. Relationship in Jesus says because God loves me, I obey. Religion is about what you do. Relationship in Jesus is about what he did. It's not about religion. I hate religion. Jesus hates religion. It's about a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. It's about a relationship with the one who gave his life for yours. It's about Jesus. Jesus came to seek and save you and me. That's Easter. John 3, 16, you know the one crazy guy at football game with the sign and the orange, red, green hair. John 3, 16. Unfortunately, that guy has made John 3, 16 and given it a bad name, but I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, there's no qualifier there. Some, some, someone in here today thinks that, nope, not good enough, not good enough, never be good enough. There's no way this can be true. And Scripture says, whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have eternal life. So good. The great exchange, my life for his, his life for mine. For God so loved that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This Easter, this Easter today, would you consider the eternal message, the eternal message that you are not made right with God by your own works? but you were made right by the blood of Jesus. You were made right by the cross. You were made right by the resurrection. Who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And consider the internal message of Jesus, that he came for you, that he was beaten beyond recognition for you and me, that he died for you and me, that he rose again on the third day for you and me. And then he forgives our sins, all of them, without question, every single one, for you and me. And not only that, wants to spend eternity with you and me. Matthew 18, 11, he came, he has come to save that which is lost. Here's what I know that I know. Before my encounter with Jesus, I was lost. 
this little miracle took place. And I encountered the creator of heaven and earth. His blood saved me. His blood saved me. And I know, I am absolutely sure that some of you are thinking right now, if he can save you, I have hope. And it's true. And it's true. Would you consider Jesus this Easter? Would you consider Jesus this Easter? Would you consider who he is and what he did for each of us? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who some 2,000 years ago died for you and I. Oh, God, have mercy. God, I thank you for the great exchange of his life for mine, that I might have eternal life. God, I thank you that you, you don't ask everybody to get their stuff together and then come encounter you. You just go, come as you are. Let me do the work. God, I thank you for who you are in my life. And I pray that you'd reveal yourself to us. God, if there's anyone in here today who doesn't know you, as we read, God, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raises him from the dead, it says we will be saved. And God, if there's anyone who prayed that prayer or wants to pray that prayer right now, Father God, that you are faithful to forgive, they too will have eternal life. God, as we move into this time and receive communion together as a family, God, we say thank you for the night that you were betrayed. You took the bread and you broke it. You said, this is my body broken for you. And then you took the wine that represented the blood and you said, this is my blood that was spilled for your sins. And you said, do this in remembrance of me. And God, as we come and receive the elements now that we would set our lives in line with yours. And that you would be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray.